Welcome to the Inspired Living with Autoimmunity podcast, the podcast for high achievers who want to stay sharp, focused, and full of energy despite their diagnosis. With your host, National Board Certified Functional Medicine Health Coach, Julie Michelson, where Julie helps you take your power back from autoimmunity. And now here's your host, Julie Michelson. Welcome back to the Inspired Living with Autoimmunity podcast. I'm your host, Julie Michelson. And today we are joined once again by Dr. Anshal Gupta, MD. Dr. Gupta is a best-selling author, speaker, researcher, and world expert in Hashimoto's disease. He educates people worldwide on reversing Hashimoto's. If you missed our previous conversation, I encourage you to check out episode nine. In today's conversation, we're discussing the common root causes for Hashimoto's and all autoimmune conditions. Dr. Gupta shares his expertise and gives us action steps that we can take immediately to start improving our health. Dr. Gupta, welcome to the podcast. Welcome back to the podcast. (laughs) Thank you so much, Julie. Uh, it's a pleasure being over here. Last time we had a lot of fun, you know, sharing a lot of information about Hashimoto's and definitely honored to be back over here to talk about mold and other things. I'm so excited to continue this conversation and dig in even a little bit deeper. I know you already shared your story with us, but I'd, I'd love for you to share a little bit with listeners because I, it's always so fascinating, I think, for people to hear that Doctors get sick too. I know what drew you into the world of of functional medicine. Absolutely, yes. You know, you correctly said. You know, unless you know, uh, we as physicians or any practitioners go through our own health struggles, nobody kind of joins this wagon of functional medicine, right? Because conventionally, we are kind of so much hardwired that okay, well, conventional medicine is the only way of moving forward. It is scientific research based. We don't know that there is the whole world out there whole world of research out there which supports functional medicine or integrative medicine so i was again a hardwired conventional medicine doctor a family physician seeing a lot of patients on the daily basis a couple of years into my practice my health started struggling you know i started gaining weight you know even though i did not change anything with my diet or with my lifestyle i was having this horrible horrible stomach pain you know, the pain will hit me randomly, you know, like doesn't matter what I eat. Sometimes some food will react. The other times the other food will be bad for me. I had no idea what was causing the stomach pain. I was feeling so much tired that during the day I had to take a nap or just feel like very drowsy just to kind of complete the whole day. And if I struggle through the whole day at the end of the day, I felt so brain foggy. Like, you know, I was not able to concentrate on things, you know, like just not able to pay attention to each and everything. Uh, so, so many things were going on and I had no idea what was causing it. I was very young, 32 years of age, right, at the time. But I thought, oh, I'm a smart doctor. Let me fix this, you know, like my stomach problem that might be helpful for me, right? Started taking medications. One medications, two medications, three medications, nothing changed. You know, I took them for a couple of months. Nothing was changing. So I thought, well, maybe I'm not a smart doctor. Let me go to the specialist. <laughs> maybe they're smarter than me. <laughs> So then I approached specialists after specialists, went to the GI specialist, did endoscopies, colonoscopies, ultrasounds, blood work, nothing was there. He added more medications, even though he did not find anything. He said, well, let's add more medications to see that would be helpful. 
nothing changed. Saw an allergy specialist, you know, saw other bunch of specialists and did tons of testing. And literally nothing showed up over there and no, nobody had any idea what was going on. They all had this statement that maybe it's in your mind, maybe you're just too stressed out. And I was like, well, I have been stressed out seeing patients, but, you know, I have been doing this for a while. So I don't think that's an issue. But I was 32 years of age, no way moving forward. I was taking more than five medications. Nothing was getting better. So that's the time I found functional medicine. Well, okay, like functional medicine has stories about these, you know, like crazy patients, you know, like who were refuted by their doctors that just being in their head and suddenly they got better. So I got training myself into functional medicine. You know, I kind of found the root cause of my issues and then made a stepwise plan to address them. Simple plan, some lifestyle changes, some basic supplements. And then boom, the results were awesome. Within one month, my complete pain was gone. Within six, six months, yeah, within six months, I was able to get off all the medications. I lost 40 pounds. You know, my brain fog was gone. I had so much energy in my life that I even competed for a 5K rugged maniac. Wow. And I was never an athletic person. So for me to do that was a big thing. Wow, amazing. And and your your story, and that's why I wanted you to share it again. It is it, it we unfortunately still so common. That's the path for people, you know, specialist after specialist, medication after medication, test after test. And then out of you know sheer desperation, they somehow hopefully find functional medicine or integrative medicine and get real answers to root cause. And, and so what I love about your story is how quickly, just by addressing your root drivers, you were able to, you know, at first get rid of the pain and then get off the medications. And, and like you said, lose weight, be energetic. Um, and this is why we do what we do and why we have the conversation so that people know that there is, there is a way to get help. Um, and I was curious as you were sharing your story, if anybody was going to say, suggest perhaps it was in your head, because I, I find it so common, especially with women as patients that they're, they're told, you know, of course you're tired, you have kids or, you know, which is very different than fatigue as we all know. Um, so interesting mm -hmm. that, that you heard that same story that, that most of us have heard. And exactly that was the reason I became a specialist into Hashimoto's, you know, because when I started working at the Cleveland Clinic Functional Medicine Department with Dr. Mark Hyman, so I was seeing all these females, you know, who were coming to see me with very similar symptoms as mine. They were all struggling with weight issues. They all had gut problems. They were all tired. They had like, you know, brain fog symptoms, gut problems. And the, the biggest thing was that they were going to these doctors who were giving them medicines. They were trying to do whatever the doctors were telling, still not getting better. Sure. And they were giving different labels. Oh, you just became a mom. Oh, you are a busy professional. Oh, you're taking care of your old parents. Oh, you're taking care of like, you know, your work and your house. Yeah. And so they were being told again, time and again, that it's your fault. It's basically in your head or you are causing all of these symptoms. There is nothing real about your symptoms. So I felt so bad about these Hashimoto's patients that I decided I need to dig deeper, figure out what is wrong with them, why they are feeling the way, and made a path forward for them. So that's where I made this protocol 
call to kind of dig into the root cause of the problems of Hashimoto's and then apply the protocol into my patients and saw again phenomenal results. Everybody got better, not only with their symptoms, but with their antibody numbers, thyroid numbers. Yeah. So it's so, so fascinating to see, as you said, in a short amount of time, you can actually reverse or improve a disease, which yeah. people have been told that they will have to live for the rest of their life. Absolutely. Amen. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's let's start at the beginning, and and for those you know that that the few listening that that don't have Hashimoto's or some kind of autoimmune thyroid condition, um, what is what is Hashimoto's exactly? So Hashimoto's is the most common autoimmune disease world over. You know, uh, we have several autoimmune conditions, several autoimmune diseases which are happening and Hashimoto's being the most common one. We have obviously rheumatoid arthritis, lupus, SLE, MS that comes after that. Uh, Hashimoto's is an autoimmune condition of the thyroid gland. The interesting piece of it is that each and every autoimmune condition, the pathology is exactly the same. Yes. It's basically an interplay between your genetic makeup and the environment triggers around you. And when those environment triggers, you know, like, you know, mix along with your genetic makeup leads to antibody productions in your body. And these antibodies, depending on the weak points of your body, start destroying different areas. So in Hashimoto's, they destroy the thyroid gland. In rheumatoid arthritis, they destroy the joints. In MS, they destroy the brain and the nerves, on and on and on. But the pathology is the same. So in Hashimoto's, again, what people don't know is that there are antibodies which are leading to the destruction of the thyroid gland. And eventually they reach a point where the thyroid is not able to produce enough thyroid hormone. And that's where the conventional medicine wants to put all these Hashimoto's patients with thyroid medicines. But in reality, people don't know that these thyroid medicines are not doing anything at all to address the underlying problem of inflammation or autoimmunity. That destruction of the thyroid gland keeps on happening each and every day. It's so frustrating for me. I am one of those people that for years, you know, I think I have a thyroid condition. This was well into my rheumatoid arthritis journey. And if if we would test antibodies, I mean, we to do, you do, <laughs> but if these markers would be included in, you know, lab work that your primary care doctor was running, instead of having to beg and demand you know, educate yourself and then ask for the tests. We, I mean, the amount of people you could prevent from ever even having expressed thyroid, you know, issues, it would be remarkable because as you mentioned, you know, Hashimoto's is the most prevalent autoimmune condition. Um, for me, I was told, this is how backwards my rheumatologist had it. I was told that when they finally were like, oh yeah, you you know, when my T when I was finally symptomatic enough, my TSH was now you know showing something because that's all they were looking at. She said, and of course, then they put me on the wrong medications and still weren't addressing root cause. But she said at the time, well, uh, yeah, because of your RA, it just has worn down your thyroid. Still not looking for autoimmune thyroid at all. Uh, and this is a rheumatologist. Mm -hmm. This is what she treats is autoimmunity, you know, so it's just fascinating. And we just have it so backwards, you know, that when we understand 
what we're doing in this world of functional medicine and root cause, you can also take it as prevention. It's the same, you know, we, we can just avoid ever getting there. Um, and, and so thank you for <laughs> simplifying and, but really explaining, you know, kind of how that happens. Um, I'd love to touch on triggers and specifically today, you already know the one that I, I really want to dig into because I feel like it's just, it's such a common driver of all autoimmunity, not just, you know, Hashimoto's and thyroid conditions. Um, but what are, what are the, these common environmental triggers that you see? Yeah. So the most common environment triggers, I've divided them into five major categories. The first category is the food sensitivities. Food is medicine, but the wrong foods can also lead to triggering our disease. So foods like gluten, dairy, soy, corn, processed meats, processed fugu foods, sugars, all of these foods, you know, are not good for our body. And we know time and again that they have been linked to triggering autoimmune conditions, Hashimoto's, rheumatoid arthritis, whatever it is, right? So that's the first trigger. The second is nutritional deficiencies. Our body needs nutrition, specific vitamins and minerals to function properly, and now we know that our food currently is low in vitamins and minerals as compared to 20 years ago. There was a recent study done which compared the nutritional analysis of the food which we have currently from 1980s. And clearly it shows that we are deficient into specific minerals which are needed by the thyroid, like selenium, like magnesium, like you know B vitamins. All of those things are lower as compared to before. So even though we think we are eating the healthiest diet, but if our food itself is deficient into vitamins and minerals, then we're not getting them enough. The third thing is stress. So mm -hmm. our, we are going through a lot of stressful situations, you know, whether it's a pandemic stress or whether it is a work stress, a personal stress, just the world has become more stressful these days. So we are always in that go, go, go mode, which basically puts too much pressure on our body. And again, that leads to triggering of Hashimoto's. Especially in females, you know, like unfortunately, they go through these hormonal cascade of changes. Yes. Whether it is pregnancy, you know, post-delivery or menopause, all of these things, hormonal ch changes definitely leads to triggering of Hashimoto's. We know that. Then fourth is the infections. You know, there are certain infections which have been associated. Viral infections like Epstein-Barr virus or infectious mononucleosis is what it is called about, has been associated with several studies you know with Hashimoto's there are certain parasites in the gut like blastocystis which has been associated with again Hashimoto's and then candida infections or Lyme infections those are again chronic infections which can again trigger Hashimoto's disease and the last category is the toxins and the toxins are majorly divided into three categories one is heavy metals that we have known that they definitely cause a lot of destruction to our body like mercury, like lead, arsenic, you know, they are definitely toxic to our body. Then we have environmental toxins. Each and every day we are producing more and more chemicals. And these chemicals, what they are doing, they are leading to destruction of our body. Whether it is the pesticides or the organophosphates, you know, that we are spraying our food with, or that, that is the chemicals that we are putting into our like cleaning supplies or like, you know, household things, right? Or even skin products, right? All of those yeah. things are toxic. <laughs> And the last one is the mold toxins, right? Those are the mold toxins. So we knew about mold toxins for a long time. But interestingly, we knew 
about mold toxins as a potential problem in animals, especially in livestock. Because, you know, like the livestock, you know, they were exposed to mold toxins mainly through food, like, you know, the grains and things which were not stored properly. They will grow mold and then that moldy food, when they will consume, they will have mold toxins and they will have a host of health issues. And nobody actually, I was very surprised, nobody actually put two and two together that if animals are getting mold toxins, humans right. can get it. <laughs> <laughs> so and we're eating those water. animals and some people are consuming those animals milk <laughs> so it would make sense yeah and that's such a common exposure you know people tend to think mold and they only think moldy building um at, at, and they really are thinking mildew right not necessarily the mold and mycotoxins that that can really trigger what we're talking about. Um, so do you see this as, as a, I, I know they're all <laughs> so common and prevalent. And, and um, then I used to say when I was first figuring out how to get well, you know, I was looking for my root cause, like in the singular. <laughs> and then I realized there's no such thing. It's always more than one thing. And there could be a main driver, you know, that thing that tips us over the edge um, but do you see mold and mycotoxin illness, you know, as a as a contributor more and more common? And, and is it because we're testing for it more or is it just more prevalent? So definitely it is very common, you know, like almost each and every of my client, I will say every second client of mine do have some kind of toxins and very frequently it's the mold toxins. So, yes, you know, you are correct that, you know, we don't know the exact uh, like you know, statistics because previously there was no test to check right. for more toxins. And obviously now we have tests. So that's the reason we are testing more. So we are being more aware of it. But I think it's a total toxin burden. That's what it's causing the problem because we just have one detox system in our body and that can only handle so many toxins. And I think so that's where the heavy metals are there. The environmental toxins are increasing. But the mold toxins, they're so toxic that even at small levels, they can completely hijack the immune system and turn your body against your own body. And that's the worst part about it. I think the other toxins slowly and slowly build up and then start a very slow destruction. While mold toxins can eat up, you know, like inflammatory response in your body. And then suddenly, like, you know, we see a big surge, you know, of... Uh, inflammatory chemicals which are produced in the body and that leads to in autoimmune conditions. So I think definitely mold is a bigger biggest trigger of majority of the autoimmune patients. But as you said, there are def other contributors too. So just working on mold is not going to fix the problem, but definitely that's the biggest piece that will make the huge shift for most of my clients. And I, I so love, and I, I want to lead into giving a little more information about testing, but I love that you highlighted, you know, we're, we're so used to this model of, you know, through Western medicine of like, here are your lab results. And if you're in this range, you're fine. And, and especially with mold and mycotoxins, somebody doesn't need to be off the charts. If they have autoimmunity and they're showing exposure you know, the, the, there's no exact, you know, you what your body can tolerate and what my body can tolerate may not be the same thing. And again, we've got all these other factors are we accounting for? Um, and, and so I think that's so important to highlight that somebody doesn't need to have a really scary looking 
results on their mycotoxin panel for that to really be a major player in their autoimmunity. Absolutely. You know, most people will say, well, I don't think I got exposed to mold, you know, because what people have in mind is that their walls should be covered with black mold or like, you know, they will have yeah. this black mold everywhere in the, around their sink or anything. No, actually, the, the mold we're talking about doesn't even have to be black mold. It can be just simple white mold. It It is generally hidden, you know, in your insulation walls or behind the walls a lot of times or in your floors. So you might not even know about it. It might not even be in your house. It might be at the workplace or it might be an Airbnb or a hotel or a place that you visited and you got exposed to it, right? So, you know, there are different exposures. Sometimes, you know, like, you know, food, as we said, can be an exposure to especially yeah. coffee. You know, there's certain coffee yes. beans, you know, can have mold in them, right? Nothing against coffee. I love coffee myself. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, There's a little plug that... for purity coffee, everybody. <laughs> Make sure you're <laughs> if you're if you're a coffee if you're a coffee lover, which I am, you know, you, you can get beans that have been tested and are as clean as as we can source, you know, in this country. Um, exactly. So so how do you because so many people don't know that they've been exposed, and I love that you know again you went back to the it's not necessarily you're living in this damn poop you know, environment covered in black mold. What do you, I'm, I'm guessing you, you're a, a fan of testing. What, what kind of testing should people be looking for? So absolutely. So before the testing, you know, like obviously because testing, as you know, is expensive. Not yes. everybody kind of you know, can afford it and not each and every person should get the testing. So there are certain symptoms that can kind of tell people that whether they might be exposed to mold or not. So, People who have become very, very sensitive to things like, you know, they are reacting to random foods or random smells or random things. They are breaking out into hives or they have skin rashes that, you know, like that is happening to them um, that is causing problems. If they have runny nose, if they have itchy eyes or burning eyes, those are again symptoms. If their mood is changing very quickly, like sometimes they're feeling anxious, the other time they're feeling depressed. So that mood swings, which is happening. If they're feeling brain foggy, you know, like, especially like if they are not able to concentrate, you, they feel that the memory is not as good as it was before. Uh, all of these symptoms, inflammation in the body, yes, that is another big thing. Like people come to me saying that I have inflammation in the body. I feel my joints are swollen or my body is swollen or I feel pain general in my body. So these are all symptoms or signs that you might be going through the mold toxicity. So if you have any of those things, then definitely there is a high suspicion that you could be checking for mold toxins. Now, how do you check for mold toxins? Unfortunately, the regular labs do not have any tests to check for mold toxins. So there are only a couple of labs which will actually check for mold toxins. The other piece what people don't understand is that as soon as we talk about mold testing, they will go to their allergy doctor and get an allergy test for the mold. And they say, oh, I don't have mold toxins because he tested me for it. Well, mold allergy is different, completely different thing from mold toxins. Mold allergy is just saying that if you do get exposed to mold spores, whether your body is going to react, you know, in an allergic fashion. While what we're talking about is mycotoxins is that those mold spores have already entered your body. You got exposed to it. And then they start this production of toxins in your body, which we call as mycotoxins. And we want to know the levels of those mycotoxins in your body because those mycotoxins are the one which are driving this whole autoimmune process. 
So a couple of labs are there like Great Plains Lab, you know, and real-time labs. They have been there for several years now. It's a urine test. They basically check. And remember, there are at least seven to eight mycotoxins they check for and tell you the levels of those mycotoxins in your body. Because we just don't want to know whether they're present or not. We also want to know their levels so that, you know, once you start working on them, you can see those levels coming down. So that's the way we do the testing, you know, through this, you know, these specialized labs. And I love that you, you know, let people know the, the urine test is, is the, you know, the way to go for sure. Um, you mentioned kind of following how, how, you know, long do you wait once somebody is doing it, their whatever detox protocol you have them on to retest to make sure things are moving in the right direction? Four to six months, you know, like more toxins are very difficult to get out, you know, like from a person's body. Mm -hmm. So I think before four months, it doesn't make any sense. So four to six months is the average amount of time that we retest our clients. And, and you know, we're talking about, especially people with autoimmunity and Hashimoto's, you know, how, how can they, I think the key to detox is, is safe, right? How can they safely detox from old toxicity. Absolutely. So before kind of, you know, like talking about the detox aspect, and that's what, you know, I want to also let people know is that they don't understand that just mold toxins are just not about the toxins. It's about the damage they're doing to your body. So we not only have to detoxify or remove the mold toxins, we also have to work on the damage which has been done. Uh, so that, you know, like you feel better. So the mold toxins actually cause damage in various different mechanisms or ways. So first of all, the mold toxins cause something SIRS, which is CIRS, which is chronic inflammatory response syndrome. What has been seen in these mycotoxins can directly hijack your immune system. And by hijacking your immune system, they actually turn them on. You know, continuously they are turned on so they're producing these inflammatory markers all the time in your body and these inflammatory markers are the ones which are triggering those antibodies and and triggering the destruction of your own body so very very important to know like you know this destruction through mold toxins is by causing this inflammatory response and second of all the mold toxins actually also affect your gut causing leaky gut issues you know like and we know that the leaky gut is basically the way the process of starting the autoimmune process so the mold toxins directly goes to your gut and then directly causes leaky gut problems and the research kind of shows that the mold toxins can do that and the third way they also is that they are actually directly attacking the cells also so not only they are kind of causing an indirect damage by causing increasing inflammation but they can cause something called cellular apoptosis so apoptosis in like, you know, medical terminology is basically cell death. And, you know, because we need old cells to die and the new cells to form. But what mold does is that it also causes the death of the newer cells also. So our body is lacking, you know, like the appropriate cells, especially in thyroid. If they don't have cells, they do not produce enough thyroid hormone, right? So these are all the mechanisms through which the mold toxins are destroying the you know, whether it's thyroid, whether it's the joints or anything else. So we not only have to remove the mold toxins, we have to fix the damage which was done so people can feel better. 
Now, the most common, like, you know, mistakes that people do is that, okay, well, let me just go on a detox protocol. Uh, Detox protocol is not so easy, right? You know, there has to be an understanding of what we are doing because there are different phases of the detox, phase one, phase two, and phase three. And what most people do is that, oh, let me just take a binder or let me just take this, you know, kind of supplement like glutathione or something, which is going to help get, remove my mold toxins. Well, what it does is that these mold toxins are hiding in your system whether it is your fatty tissues, whether it is your thyroid or whether it is other, you know, in your bone areas, right? Once you start taking these detox supplements like glutathione, they start coming out in your blood and start circulating in your blood. And if you do not take the next step of removing these toxins from your blood to the outside of your body, then they start actually doing a lot of damage. That's the, that's the reason people will see a lot of die-off reactions and they will feel horrible symptoms of feeling tired, diarrhea, you know, being on the bed, you know, uh, throwing up episodes and they'll say, oh, well, you know, these are just normal die-off reactions and this will get better, you know, like, but it needs to get worse first. And uh, I tell them, no, that's not true. It doesn't have to get worse. This is where people land up in the hospital or emergency room by doing these improper detoxes. We have seen so many cases of people damaging their liver just by trying to do this detox protocol, you know, like which they kind of bought on the internet or just thought, you know, that will be useful. Right. So I tell people that detox is something that is the only thing that you should not be trying on your own. Uh, you have to work with a qualified professional who knows what they're doing. I can say that again, please. <laughs> it's it's just scary to me, you know, because I was saying before we hit record, I just had somebody ask me, well, just tell me how to detox. And I'm like, this is already someone who's too sick to work right now. And I'm no. Um, I, I quote often the doctor I work with here locally, and he always says, detox should be slow and boring. You should not notice. There's no push through. Um, and, and that's uh, so important and what you highlighted for people, you know, the body is clever, even, even though the toxins are still doing damage, it's, it's kind of tucks these toxins away, even if it's places like thyroid that we don't, you know, bones, we don't want the, the, the toxins in our body at all, but people don't realize how much sicker they can make themselves by recirculating and recirculating. So thank you for really educating us on that. If if you listeners, if you take one thing away from this, it is do not go look up a detox protocol online and and get started. Um, and what are what about you know? If, if say somebody does do testing and they they have you know clear mycotoxin issues contributing to their autoimmunity. How important is it for them to find out, you know, whether their mold exposure is current or past? You know, can somebody, because that's expensive too, right? I I have people push back um, with testing because, again, you may not know that you're being exposed to mold at home. Um, How do you kind of balance that? So that's the most trickiest piece because, unfortunately, we do not have a perfect test to actually, you know, like, first of all, know whether the more toxins are present in a particular household or not. So what people don't know is that, you know, sometimes definitely old exposures can still show up on the test. More toxins can live in your body for like five years or even longer than that. So just based on the symptoms, it's very difficult or even based on the test, it is very difficult to know whether that's a current exposure or a past exposure. 
Now, in the current exposure, obviously, it's very important that if you do have current exposure of mold toxins, let's say in your house, if you're going to be exposed to it each and every day, then even though you're doing the mold detox, you might not get the best results. Yeah. So that way, again, having a higher index of suspicion and looking at it, you know, to see whether your house might have it or not. Now, there are two ways of checking, you know, any particular house or a building for mold toxins. One is like getting a contractor who can do a visual inspection of looking at mold, you know, in different places and kind of, you know, or giving an idea to the people. Obviously, the downside to that is that, you know, it's user dependent that, you know, how good of a contractor you are getting or you know like what he feels about right you know they don't do much testing so you cannot rely on that and obviously they can be very expensive to get the other option is that there are ermi tests e-r-m-i ermi tests which are basically kind of swiffer tests where you collect you know the dust and the air and you know like uh, some samples from your house in different rooms and you send it to this company where they analyze the sample and give you a score and that can be helpful to determining whether you have high mold scores or not. Again, it's not a perfect test. A lot of people have done the ERMI test and they have missed the mold sure. because again, how you collect the sample and how they run it can be a challenge. But definitely it's a cheaper option than getting a contractor into your house. So if you are really concerned and you just want to get checked, then certainly that you can do that. But both of the options you know, have their own issues. The bigger issue is that let's say you find mold in your house. What are you going to do, right? Again, That's getting that. a contractor and fixing it is expensive option, unfortunately. There is no easy way out of it. Yeah. And for those that are listening that think, well, I'm handy. I'll do it myself. Just know it's it's kind of the same as in the body. When you're doing any kind of construction or re remediation to remove mold, you are releasing more into the air and disrupting um, just like doing an improper detox protocol will release more into your body and, and make you feel worse. Um, this is not something I ever recommend that people take on themselves because you need you need proper training and areas really need to be sealed off. Um, and so it's a, it's a, just a very tricky, <laughs> expensive issue. And it's such a common issue um, The the I say, do your research and and have at least, you know, if you find mold in your home and you know it's there and you, you need to get it remediated, hire somebody who is is a mold specialist to do it, if you can. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you know, mold is very, very hardy, right? You know, it's very difficult to treat. So there was a research study done. They tried to see, like, you know, if like what kind of chemicals actually can get, get rid of the mold completely. So to my horror, even bleach, even bleaching the surface, you know, like uh, with mold, they could not 100% remove the mold from that surface, even with bleach. So then I would say, okay, well, if they cannot remove with bleach, then certainly I'm not equipped enough to deal with mold on my own. <laughs> and as you said, I'm just making the exposure worse, right? Yeah. Because it can be like, you know, hidden uh, insulation walls or other places and, you know, you're removing them. So you do get exposed to it. So definitely getting a contractor who is trained in doing these things is a way forward. As you said, um, that will be the best way. Yeah, appreciate that. It's a, it is, it's, so important for people to handle their their you know exposure and and reduce those those their toxic burden. Um, but we we need to. This is where we really need the support. As you mentioned, you need that trained professional to support you through the detox. 
Um, it's, it's kind of that same idea. It's not just like, let's get this stuff out, but we need to repair the damage that's been done and support the body so that you really can detox properly. Um, and reducing your exposures across the board and, and all of the toxin areas is, is just essential. So I know, you know, certainly do a few things. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to share that people certainly can do a few things, you know, like just to optimize if they are, if they cannot do anything at all. Right. And they want to do something just to improve their detox. There are a few things they can do, right? Like improving their kidney function by drinking water, right? It's simple, you know, just drink enough water in a day that will flush your kidneys out, right? So that is a good way of detoxifying. Doesn't hurt anybody, right? Body movement in terms of exercising or yoga or cardio strength training, each and every body movement releases toxins out from your body, either by sweating or through your lymphatic channels. Eating a healthy, high-fiber diet, which is going to keep your bowel movements regular. And again, that is going to help your body to detoxify. So these are such simple things that, you know, people can do. You know, obviously, they're not going to completely eliminate mold from your body. But at least they will help you to lower the burden. You know, like if you cannot do anything else, start doing with these things. This will be helpful. I, I so love that you brought that up. And and honestly, even if you are about to work with a professional to support, you know, if you're not peeing, pooping and moving, no professional is going to start you on any kind of a protocol. Those are the, the foundational detox pathways that we really need to be hitting. People ask me that all the time, you know, well, what about sauna or what about, and I'm like, you know, are you, do you drink enough water? <laughs> start there. <laughs> uh, so I, I love, we always are looking for that like fancy fix. And we were just talking about how expensive remediating can be, but um, drinking, uh, you know, a significant amount of clean water and making sure that you're going to the bathroom regularly and moving, like you said, and no matter for listeners, you know, moving, you know, we mentioned sweat, but, but the, the lymph system as well, this, this lymphatic drainage is important. I have clients that, you know, if they're really, really sick, just, gentle rebounding, like just wherever you are, just meet yourself where you are as far as movement and, and just notch it up a little bit. I so agree with that. You know, like it doesn't mean that, you know, people are just running marathons tomorrow or just going and rushing in the gym with doing those high intensity training by no means, you know, you should not be doing it. Body movement, as you clearly mentioned, Julie is all about where you are currently. If you, you know, walking 10 steps, if that's what you can do right now, that's great. You know, that's what your body is allowing you to do. That's okay. Like, you know, just try to improve or improvise on it slowly and slowly. So wherever you are, just start doing that. If you're doing a workout that is going to completely draining you and making you feel awful, that is too much for your body. Your body is already crying for help. So just be friends with your body. You don't have to be enemies with your body. Uh, love that. So that's there's more gold right there, and and I'm giggling on the inside because I was about to ask you for that one step listeners can take, and you just gave us four really important ones. Um, I don't know if you want to sum them up. Pick one. Those are all essential, I think. I think those are all essentials and easy things. You know, like I say, like start from the basics. I'm a person that you know basics can do a lot of things. And until the basics are fixed, you know, like, you know, doing advanced protocols are not a good choice. 
So until my patients have done the basics, I don't move them forward. So as you mentioned, drinking water, eating a clean, healthy, high fiber, you know, like plant-based diet and some body movement wherever you can. These are all basic things you can do today that will help you to lower not only the mold toxin burden, but any toxins you have whether heavy metals or environmental toxins. So, and it doesn't even matter that you need to feel awful before you do these things. Do these things right now so that you don't get to that point where you need my help or Julie's help or anybody's help. I love that. Yeah, these are, <laughs> it's not rocket science. These are things that, that we're designed to be doing on a daily basis. Um, and, and again, that whole, yes, we can treat root cause or we can use that same knowledge and prevent illness. So I love that you circled that right back around to where we started with this. <clears throat> Dr. Gupta, where, where can listeners, where's the best place for listeners to find you? So I'm almost everywhere. <laughs> so like, you know, we have a website called anshulguptamd.com. I have a very active blog. I wrote write research-based articles over there. So if you're an avid reader, that will be a good place for you to find us. Um, I'm on YouTube now. Again, my handle is Anshul Gupta MD. And again, sharing short videos over there. So you can follow along. And again, these tips that we discussed over here. So that way, if you are a visual person, you know, you can find us over there also. Um, if you want to know your root cause, you know, I actually made this root cause analysis quiz, which is present on my website which is mainly focused on Hashimoto's patients. And with just few questions that you can answer, it is going to give you a score that is going to potentially lead you into that all these different categories of root causes so that maybe you can start working on those. So all of those places we can, people can find us. We even offer online consultations. So people who are interested in working one-to-one -one with me, they can now work with me from anywhere in the country. Uh, through online consultations. Again, go on our website and all the information is over there. Dr. Gupta, thank you so much. You have shared amazing, amazing information with us today. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure coming over here. And I really, really appreciate the work you are doing. You know, the podcast you have, getting all these speakers, sharing all their knowledge that they have. I'm sure it is changing so many lives already. So being it's my honor to be here. Thank you. And so excited that you're now working virtually. You know, literally anybody can work with you now, which is is amazing. So for everyone listening, you remember you can get the show notes and transcripts by visiting inspiredliving.show. We will have all those links where you can find Dr. Gupta where you can take that quiz, all the things. I hope you had a great time and enjoyed this episode as much as I did. I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Julie Michelson's Inspired Living with Autoimmunity. Did you enjoy this episode? Please like, share, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to get a transcript of this and every other episode, just head on over to inspiredliving.show or click on the link in this episode's description. There, you can also find everything we discussed in this episode, including links and information about our guests. You can even send in your questions to be answered by Julie in a future episode. That's inspiredliving.show. Until next time, this is Julie Michelson's Inspired Living with Autoimmunity podcast, helping you take your power back.